Hey, Nerd Talk Nation, this is your host, Jordan Halstead. And today I have brought a couple of friends with me. Micah, thank you so much for, for co-hosting with me. And we are bringing in our friend, Adam Fields. Adam, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. What's up, everybody? So, Adam, we uh, we typically have this question of how did you get into the nerd world? Tell us your, your origin stories to becoming a nerd. So, I was always a nerd in school, but I was like the only one. Everyone else was like closeted nerds, it seemed, because as we grew older, come to find out the ones that were like in the popular groups actually had these secret lives of liking Star Wars and stuff like that, where I was more open. Um But as I got older, you know, I kind of fell into this nerd realm. I've always loved comics. I always loved cartoons and, you know, the superhero genre and everything. Um, I've always done artwork. So I just wanted to find some way to marry those together. And I stumbled upon this amazing industry of comics and, and, uh, you know, this nerdum and, I I started, you know, with Demolition Derby and I started painting, you know, cars and stuff with superhero stuff on it. And then oh, it that's sort cool. of, yeah, sort of spiraled into, you know, hey, this could probably be a career. Had an idea for a comic book, dove all into that with a few help from uh, really, really good friends of mine and in, in, in a town back home. And well, here we are now talking about it. So that's the high level of everything. Yeah. So, so you said you, you started working on a comic book and I actually have the first, like, I think five issues of it. Um, so tell us a little bit about, uh, what, what your comic book is. Okay. So I'm going to tell you what the first iteration was because we had just remastered it and it's getting published. I already have, like, I have them. I'm looking at my books now. Um, so I have like OG issues. You have the OG. Yes. Which I'm very, very proud of that. So it's called Prowl. It's about a vigilante werewolf based in a small town. Much like everyone on this chat, we are from some sort of small town. Most of us have know of the small town where I'm from, Eaton. Um, and I wanted something based in that because that's all I know. I'm tired of big city living. So I wanted a plot about a really small town with a little bit of corruption. And I was just like werewolves. So I decided that I want to write a story about this. And it was literally just for fun. I didn't really expect it to become a career. So, you know, Vigilante Werewolf, um, based in a small town, saves the day. He's kind of OP for what he is. Uh, you know, he's just gigantic hawking werewolf taking care of people that are, you know, vandalizing buildings and stuff. It's kind of, you know, it's like Batman taking care of, you know, some dude who's like stealing like gum from a grocery crime. store. Yeah. So, but the whole idea of how he turns into a werewolf is with this the stone, where that stone came from. It's a much deeper story and a darker history that he's kind of unearthing, and some people aren't really liking it. That's the whole plot of the story. So, um, your OG books is issues one through seven, and that was my first run ever on a comic book. Didn't know what I was doing. I scripted it. I wrote, you know, I wrote it. I illustrated it, I published it, and then you I did it all. Yeah, and then I wrote the next issue, and then I scripted. Like it wasn't really, it, it flowed, but it had some some bumps in it, and not really cohesive. Where now I've worked on over twenty five different titles and wow. multiple different covers for other you know publishers. I know a cu- like a couple tricks now for storytelling. So I wanted to remaster it, which we just did. We just remastered uh, issue one and volume one is actually going to be coming out hopefully this year. Uh, Issue one's already published. It's coming out free comic book day at Bell Book and Comic, and then it'll be available to the world. Um, And uh, we had a very successful Kickstarter. It was funded within uh, 48 hours. So that was insane to watch. First time ever doing anything on Kickstarter. (laughs) That's awesome. it It was crazy. But uh, yeah, so we, my buddy Chad, he's the colorist on it. So I realized I can't do everything. Yeah. Uh, that was the biggest thing I learned was focus on what I'm good on. Let's let's have, bring somebody else in that also has some really good talent and see what they can bring to to the table. And Chad did. He's he's knocked it out of the park. 
So that's so. awesome. So basically you took the idea of playing the strengths. You're just trying to figure out who can play yeah. the best strength and absolutely. And, and that's awesome. And, and Chaz is not only just a really good colorist, but he is a fantastic artist in general. He's got his own series and everything. Um, so I have him do a variant covers as well. So not only is he just inside the book, but he's getting front page uh, treatment as well because he deserves that spotlight. That's awesome. That's that's really, yeah. really cool. So you've done comic book, but there's other things that you've done as well. Um, like sketch covers, um, you've done oh, yeah. like special commission stuff. Um, I've, my office is filled with your, your, your stuff. <laughs> I, I have, I think I'm trying to remember how many pieces I have from you. I have three wall hangings. I've got my captain America and Iron Man, uh, civil war piece, which you did for me, uh, from the time of this recording it was almost exactly five years ago. It was um, five years ago, about three days ago. Yeah. Um, cause yeah. I, it was coming up on my, my page and, uh, for the, on this day you were coloring mm-hmm. it and yep. it was really, really cool. I remember that. I don't know from your perspective, but I remember, um, you were doing a Thanos piece and yeah. I just, I fell in love with it. I was on this big Thanos kick. Um, Thanos is still one of my favorite villains. I think that he was done so well in the MCU and, um, mm-hmm. Mike and I talk about just the, the different villains a lot on this show. Um, and just, I, I loved your interpretation and I remember just being like, Hey, if nobody's got it. And I don't remember if you said someone had already been in talks and they backed out or if I got it first, I forget how that all, all fell into play. I think you claimed it first. Okay. So yeah. that happened. And then the tragedy struck. Still at, burns me to this day. I know. So you were at comic con, uh, in the gym city comic con, um, mm-hmm. in Dayton. And I went to go meet you because I was, I was busy that weekend and I came in after church on Sunday or something like that, or maybe it was Saturday, but I came in to meet with you and it was gone and you felt terrible and you were, you were apologizing. And I was like, dude, it's, it's me. It's okay. Like I'm not hurt by, I know that you'll be able to make this right. I'll, I'll still buy something from you. Cause I just, I fell in love with that piece. And that's when I ended up started thinking about it. Cause you were like, okay, go home, think about what you want. And I'll, I'll try to make it happen. And I, I was scrolling for on eBay for some comic ideas. Cause you were like, Hey, if, if you, I think we had talked, like if I brought in um, my own blank covers, like you would, you would cut uh-huh. some cost or whatnot. And since I'd already paid for it um, for the, the Thanos piece, you were like, Hey, we can bring that cost down if you bring your own sketch covers. So I brought you two civil wars and you did the, the side by side. Oh my gosh. I still look at those and I just gush over them all the time. Um, yeah, they sit right in front of my desk on on a shelf on the wall. I was like, oh, I love them. Yeah, you know, whoever stole that that Thanos, I hope they're enjoying it because that was still one of my favorite Thanos I've ever done. Yeah, and here's the funny thing: I was when we we had just moved last year, and I physically packed up every single thing in my house. I actually it crossed my mind like if I find it, and maybe someone didn't steal it. I was hoping that it was my fault that. I missed it because then I could have mailed it to you. Everything was out of the house. It wasn't there. I, there. I know. I, I And the thing is, I vividly remember packing it in. I always have these boxes where I bring people pick stuff up from me all the time at cons. So it's like, I, I know I had it. Someone, I walked away from my table. So if anything, if anyone takes anything away from this, don't leave stuff at your table unattended. Yeah. You never know who's going to have sticky fingers, but I still look at eBay to see if it's out there. Yeah. No, I just, you, your art is, I like your, your style of art. You bring something that is something that I personally really like um, yeah. versus like, I, I bought this one. Um, I think it was when, when you get the full-time job, you have that big boy money and you can spend it however you want. And I remember buying a piece of art from someone else um, through Etsy or something. And I just, I didn't care for theirs. It was a green lantern piece. It's probably, somewhere in in my room right now um but i I didn't care for it the same way it was it just felt a little bit different and i'm like if i'm buying art i'm typically going to go to to you for it um which i absolutely love um your style is just just really really good um so micah um i uh, i told you that we were gonna we were gonna do a segment here um and i want to hear your thoughts to this because 
Adam is, uh, he told me that he's not a huge Harry Potter fan, but there's some news that just broke out and I want to know your thoughts to this. I have a feeling I know how it'll play out, but there's, there's talk that, uh, HBO is going to be doing a seven season run of Harry Potter and they're going to be as close to the book as possible. What are your thoughts of that? Why? <laughs> I mean, I, I know the answer why, right? There's money in Harry Potter. And oh, absolutely. Pe- there is. People are, you know, still very much into that, that trend, very much into that theme very much into the movies and the books alike. And um, was it last year where they, they, or was it 21 where they did the, the relaunch with the animated cover or the, the animated, you know what I'm talking about? They're not animated, but they're, the um, they were, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, um, so the, illustrated. The illustrated have been out since I think 16, 15 okay. or 16. Cause I well, think there was a new Phoenix one I saw last year. Order the Phoenix dropped. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so and, and they're not the, doing, they're not they all out yet. Yeah. There's right? two more still to be done by Jim K. So anyway, there, like I said, there's still money to be to had, and and you know all this this market, and people love Harry Potter, and so that's why they're doing it. Um, I don't know where they're going to go, like in reference to keeping it as close to the books as possible. And you, we, you know, we did a a series at Nerd Talk on. Well, that was the, our October theme. We did. Yeah, the last year we did the movies. Month. Yeah, we did yeah. the movies, and so, um, I guess my only question is how. You know how many movies have we watched over the years? How many series have we watched over the years where they say they're going to get try they're going to try to get close to the book as possible, and yet they they don't because they can't. Like it's just not possible. They you know you talk about the Lord of the Rings, you talk about the Hobbit, you talk about um, you know even the Marvel stuff and the DC stuff. It's like you can get close, you can probably get eighty to eighty five percent close, but you're not going to get a hundred percent. So. Um, yeah, I, th- I mean, I think they're going to I think they're going to get a much better crack at this than they did with the movies cuz you have more than just 2 hours in a like to to cram everything in. But like you said, I think that they still won't get it all. And some I, of it you really can't because it's from a point of view. Yeah. And and also I don't think they're going to touch I, I I don't care who does them, but I don't think they're going to touch, you know, what Star Wars has done with the small screen. I don't think they're going to touch what Marvel's done with the small screen. I don't think it's even going to come close. Not that I we think, should compare it, but I just don't like there's been such a thriving community with the small screen stuff. And we've talked about it with other series and other projects like it. I was talking to someone about today at work, but I'm like, man, Star Wars, it, like they, that's a whole other topic. But like the whole how they're going to do three new movies, how are they even going to compare to things like Mandalorian, Bad Batch, Ahsoka, Kenobi? Like it's just not. <laughs> and, yeah. I'll, and I'll fight that to the death. I think the same goes for the Harry Potter stuff. Like you just, it, you just can't. Well, I'm, I'm wondering if this is going to remove movies like books into movies because we're now in this, like we can tell a better story through a show because we mm-hmm. can, we can space it out better. Whether it's, I mean, like you look at Marvel and Marvel did like WandaVision nine episodes. Then they went to uh, Moon Knight and it was six episodes or um, you've got She-Hulk and it was what? Eight episodes, something like that. It was and, nine nine okay um and then but they go, weren't all like an hour someone was like some of them were like a half hour some of them were 45 yeah. minutes yeah yeah, yeah and, and and just kind of the, the the pacing as you do certain chapters and as you start to do certain storytelling i think that books will no longer be focused more more towards movies i think some will i don't think that you're going to be able to be like oh hey like all movies are going to be solely tv shows anymore but i think we're going to see a lot more in that storytelling regard um versus in movies well, and I, I see think, Adam, you're shaking your head. Do you think the same thing? I do. You can you can tell a much better story while it's spaced out instead of trying to constrain it. I mean, look at the you know the the Snyder cut of Justice oh. League. It was a four hour movie, and I, I mean it was a really good take, but four hours is a long time to dedicate to something. Whereas hour out of your day invested, it's not bad. Well, and what was nice about the Snyder cut was it was seven parts. So, like, if you wanted to watch, like, the longer part, you could put that to different days. So, like, every day of the week, you could watch one part. So, it wasn't like you had to sit down for all all four hours at once. Yeah. Which then, it's just a TV show. But you 
Yeah, exactly. But you don't want to yeah. also do what the Flash and Arrow and all these other shows where you've drawn it out way too long with Wait. twenty some episodes, and you got so many fillers that it, it just you're dragging, you're beating a dead horse. Pacing is everything when it comes to storytelling because I think Mandalorian. You know, I, I think back to season one, season two, and, and even season three, even though it's had a few low points, I think season one, season two had every episode was just jam-packed right on par. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. And the pacing, it kept you interested for the next one, but it gave you enough to digest where, you know, whereas like you said, Arrow and, and the Flash, you, you know, even like Walking Dead and stuff, some of those are just filler episodes just because they need to fill that time slot. And I'm like, there was no substance to the, these episodes. Well, I, I think the earlier seasons did really well, but there's certain parts where it's like you're pacing. You went too quick with certain, like The Walking Dead. I think about The Walking Dead a lot with this is when you read the comic, they didn't talk about how they had to walk so far and they weren't really driving yeah. through some of that. And they had to like, they open this gated community and they walk in and there's all these dead walkers um, and they, they run into that and they let them all out by accident. And like, like there's, there's pieces that you're missing and then you, you kind of rush through the farm and then you immediately get to the, the, uh, the jail and it's like, whoa, 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 time out. There was a, there was a good chunk of time there that they were still trying to, to figure it out. It wasn't bam, bam, which I know with storytelling, you can't always do like, you don't like in the Bible, you look at, you look at some of the scripture, it's like, you've got like 40 years in the desert. Okay, well, you don't mm-hmm. want to tell all 40 years. You want to hit the highlight points. So like in The Walking Dead, sure. you want to hit those highlight points. I get that. But I would like to see them slow down with some of this. And I think that having Harry Potter, if they said it's 10 episodes a season, and that way you have 10 hours every every season to tell your story. And not every single one has to be exactly 10. I mean, like the, the book one could easily be like, hey, this is seven episodes. And then by book seven, hey, it's going to be a 14 episode season. And kind of play because the books got a little longer each time. You could add an extra episode every time you go. I'm not against that by any means. But I just, I see, I think this will be good. Um, there were, at least from what I saw, some early casting rumors. Um, okay. So Tom Felton, who played Draco Malfoy, is going to come back as Lucius Malfoy. Which I'm like, okay. I'm okay with that. Like I saw him in flash. I know he can still act. It's not like it went away or anything like that. And he's, he's still got a few things. And I was like, I, I could see this and this would be fun to see him kind of play that role. Um, and then coming from star Wars, uh, uh, Adam driver who played Kylo Ren, they're talking that he's going to be Snape. And I'm like, I can see that. it's, I think the, the, the visual is there. I just really hope that, you even can get half of what Alan Rickman brought because oh. Alan Rickman just brought something very special and unique. So, but I'm, I also sit with, I hope Daniel Radcliffe comes back to be James Potter. Cause I think that would be cool if they just like, like have some hidden Easter eggs. Cause, cause the older cast are dying off. Um, but the younger cast, you could still do them as the parents. Cause now they're kind of like old enough to be younger versions of the parents. Um, yeah, pass the torch type thing. Absolutely. I think that'd be really, really cool. Um, so let's go ahead and, uh, get on back. Micah, do you have any questions for Adam? Um, I, I was going to like kind of play off the Thanos thing for a second, but like, um, I sent Jordan something the other day and he really didn't respond to it, but apparently in infinity war, they filmed up to 45 minutes of additional footage of Thanos and it's not been released. And I'm like, wait a minute. Cause infinity war is my favorite. And so when you yeah, said yeah. Thanos, what well, I, I guess what was the I, I guess I missed the first part of the Thanos story. Did somebody steal a piece of your artwork as far as Yeah. Or we think yeah. that somebody stole it. So um what what when you said that was one of your favorite pieces, what why was it you know why it, what's the connection with Thanos? Like Jordan talks about Thanos all the time and he you know how much he loved like Thanos being um you know one of the better villains that we've seen in the last, you know, twenty, thirty, four years, aside from like Darth Vader. Um, yeah, what what drew you to doing that, or what drew that? What what draws you to to Thanos? I guess. <laughs> so, the well, first, I to say, yeah, 
I just want to say, you know, let's release the, the Thanos cut then. I mean, if there's that many much time, I want to see it. But um, what actually drew me to that was I used to do these um, live streams where I literally would close my eyes and I had one blank cover bin and I would just do a random pull. And I happened to pull, I think, what was it? It was either Infinity Gauntlet or a Thanos cover. I can't remember what the title was, but I pulled one. And I'm like, Thanos it is. And Infinity War was just on the brink of coming out. I was working on sketch cards um, for Upper Deck for the movie. And I couldn't disclose the set I was working on. But that was kind of my way of saying I'm working on this particular movie at this time because i've worked on with upper deck now for six years six seven years and i've worked on infinity war end game um spider-man far from home into the spider-verse deadpool and i just did x-men versus avengers and i have another set sitting over here that i got to do so it was just a way i mean i love drawing Thanos just because i think he's a cool character to, to draw but my go-to is venom the bad guys are always more fun yeah so um uh, i'll i'll post it i just found it i, I looked through our our messages um yeah this is and if anyone has seen it let me know yeah and i'll, I'll make sure that uh this will go onto our page and i'll just kind of say hey if you see this reach out to the, author, to the artist exposure um and it was was rogue planet number one and it was an avengers title that's it. That's but it. But man, that that Thanos just was oh, it was so gorgeous. So you said that. So with the Thanos, back to the Thanos thing for a second. But like with the, you've drawn for Upper Deck for mm-hmm. six years. Like, is that like a, a parallel run to the movies or the projects that are mm-hmm. coming out? Okay. So did you? So had the movie come out yet, or had you not? Mm-mm. Okay. So I had to sign an NDA. Okay. So. A couple, uh, we celebrated our second anniversary uh, with Nerd Talk, and Jordan and I had on uh, the season three finals from the Lego Master Show. Yeah, and they they had to do a build for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and they had to go off the trailer. They had not seen the movie. The movie hadn't been released yeah. yet. Yeah, and so they had yeah. to build a Lego design based off of the trailer. Just the trailer. <laughs> so it was similar to that, but they did give it now. Working with Upper Deck, and I do get a lot of descriptions from Marvel on like how to draw certain characters, who not to draw because of licensing and 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 because these are also supposed to be kid friendly cards. So like if I draw the Punisher, which I don't, I think he's now a banned character. But when I was able to draw him, I couldn't draw him with a realistic gun. And if I do draw a like cable or something, I can't draw him pointing the gun at the the viewer. If I draw Wolverine, he can't have a cigarette or you know a cigar or anything in his mouth. Like there's just a, a, at least a five-page set of rules, and then another two or three pages of characters that I can't draw. So you get um, X-Men '97 Wolverine, but not Logan Wolverine. Yes, yes, <laughs> and like they're they're also picky about their costumes. Like I can't draw their costumes battle damaged, um, which I really love drawing Wolverine all tattered you know tattered and and everything um so i have to be very very picky howard the duck has to be drawn with pants the weirdest rules but Mm. because it looks too much like donald duck if if not so it's it's really cool to see those that side of things but then again it also constrains us so uh, whenever i do my sketch cards i typically just stick to a headshot and then I, I send it on its way because if you draw a female too over-sexualized, it, it gets rejected and mm. you don't get paid and they don't get sent in the world. So I have over a thousand cards out there right now that I've done amongst all the projects. So I, That's crazy. I can't it wait is. until Deadpool 3. Right? I just cannot. <laughs> like uh, Hugh Jackman and, and, and Ryan Reynolds, come on. I mean, I, they're finally going to get together. It. Yeah. With, well, and yeah. and to top that one off, joining the MCU, mm-hmm. like like it's not just oh hey we're just doing Deadpool three as like to close out an era. No, hey, this is our introduction into the MCU. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be awesome. And is this supposed to be August of twenty four? I I think it's a tentative date at this moment because it keeps getting kind They're of. They're all tentative around. dates at this point, but yeah, yeah, kind of tentatively yeah. is August. 
and, and Captain so. America comes out in the summer, early May. in the summer. May fourth, I th- yeah. think, is the the date that it got uh, officially released for. The reason I asked that is because they said that there's a good chance that a lot of the X Men stuff shows up in that as well. So like you're you're not only getting Deadpool getting drug into the Marvel finally, then MC finally you're going to get X Men finally. So May third, sorry. How many how many Thanos jokes are we going to get between Cable and Deadpool? Well, okay, now so, they're actually in. Well, in in Deadpool too, when he says "shut it, Thanos," <laughs> like. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. we're going to get stuff like that. And it wouldn't surprise me if because they're doing like multiverse hopping in, in the third Deadpool, I heard they may be bringing in old Fox property. So Chris Evans mm-hmm. can come back as uh, the the human torch. And I, was like, torch. I really hope there's this moment where he looks at him and he's like, language, like just that moment where it just it really hits. And it's like, like they're, they just all make eye contact or something. Oh, I love that. Well, it's weird seeing yeah. him in the Wolverine movie is the well, not not Chris Evans, but um, Ryan Reynolds is kind of like the the variant of of Deadpool, but he's not really Deadpool, but he is Deadpool um, in the Wolverine movie, and it's like, well, it's him, you know, it's him, but it's not him. But yeah, kind of kind of get what you're saying with the, the Human Torch thing. But um, what are some other of your uh, your favorite? Well, okay, we talked a little bit about villains, but what's some of your favorite superheroes then? In reference, so but kind of parallel to that. Oh, so my favorite heroes. <sighs> Spider-Man is very, very near and dear to my heart because that was one of the I I didn't read comic books growing up. I always just loved the artwork. Um, I watched the the 90s cartoon series religiously every Saturday morning during the Fox box. I love that. But Spider-Man has always been my absolute favorite. Um, I tend to now to dive more into like the indie side of stuff other than like the major publishers. Um, Batman is always a good go-to. Um, I, I like the anti-heroes more than like the, the true good guys. The one I actually dislike the most is Superman. <laughs> so Preach. I avoid him at Preach. all costs, but yeah, I like the dark and gritty side of things. So Batman Spawn is probably one of my my favorite characters just because of the art style and how you know I've always loved his his artwork. Um, Greg Capullo on Batman was actually kind of when I first got started doing comics. That was one that I read and sort of learned how to tell a story visually. So was that the yeah, New Fifty Two run in the like two thousand eleven zero year? Uh, that was, yeah, yeah. So, oh my gosh, that was some of the best storytelling. I just, Scott Snyder is amazing. Yep. Yeah. I, that was actually when I got into reading comics. Um, I was a junior, junior, senior in high school. Uh, 2011 is when they came out. So graphics were in 2012. So yeah, I was a senior and it was like Christmas time and we went somewhere and I picked up, uh, some comics. I think I picked up like Aquaman, Batman and the flash. And Batman was my favorite out of the three that I'd picked up. Um, he's not my favorite character, but that that storyline just yeah. the, the the Court of Owls. Um, are you watching Gotham Knights by chance? No, I don't get to watch a lot of TV. I need to. Okay, so cause... so that's who they're setting up as their villain for the season is the the Talon yeah. and the the the, Talon. Uh, the Court of Owls. And I was like, oh, 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 I don't like that the way they're handling the heroes and the the vigilantes side. But I yeah. love their villains. They're all oh, they've been really killing it with the villains. Yeah, Snyder and Capullo on there. The that's like really the dream team. I, yeah, and it still is. You got Glappian who inks, and then I think it was Fuko who colored. Like that whole quad team. What it was just amazing. And I had the opportunity to actually set up down the aisle from Capullo and Snyder at was Cincinnati. That a- uh, Cincinnati Comic Expo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Capullo actually complimented my portfolio, which was it blew my mind. It That's was like awesome. It was Sunday morning. We were setting up before VIPs, and by Sunday we're all dead. Okay, yeah. we are putting on our fake smiles. We're trying to get through with either coffee or energy drinks, and I'm sitting my portfolio out on my table, and I hear, "Hey, nice work." And I look and say, "Hey, thanks," and I nodded at him. 
and it didn't register. I'm like, those guys look familiar. And then it dawned on me, it's Capullo and Snyder. And like they were just standing there looking, and they nodded. He didn't have his sunglasses on. But when I when he walked by and I saw the back of his hoodie and his, his logo, I went, I could have talked to him. But like it was those really moments cool. where I you're just to- so tired. Um, yeah, yeah. I I went to the Comic Expo back in 2016 when uh, Stan Lee was there. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you if you had set up at that year or not. I don't I don't remember yeah. one way or the other. Um, but we were there, and I met John Barrowman um, out on the he's floor. A, he's amazing, isn't he? Well, so I was dressed up as old school Flash, um, John mm-hmm. Jay Garrick, and I'll I'll have to send you the video. Uh, they had that 360 where it takes the picture and turns you basically into like a video game trophy. And yeah, I, I put myself in the middle in like the running stance, and I'm out there walking, and I saw him like, hey, he's leaving. He's gonna go kind of walk the floor for a little bit. And I kind of purposefully put myself in a spot hoping he would bump into me, which he did. And I don't feel like I'm I'm that gushy in person, but apparently I am that kind of person. And I was like, I'm a big fan. And he's just like, yeah, I can tell. And like, he was just the coolest guy. He was so genuine and so real. And I was so grateful that I got that. So when you were talking about, like, you missed that opportunity, I was like, oh, man. He was there last year. And one of my, my good friends, Beth, she does artwork for him. So okay. her husband and I are, are good friends. He came over. He goes, hey, he doesn't have a table, you know, a line. You want to go meet him? So we walked right over and just chatted with him. That's He's so cool. super cool. Yeah, I had to get, because she does everything in chalk. Her name yeah. is Dutch girl on social media um her her stuff is amazing but she had done one with as um in doctor who yeah and that's what he smells i'm not a doctor who fan never watched a single episode but just because it was her artwork i had to buy the print and have him autograph it he goes now i have to charge you for this one i'm like i don't care it supports my friend go for it so he was just so genuine just telling us all hey afterwards we're gonna go get drinks i'm like i don't drink but hey have fun like you guys enjoy. He was just yeah. so welcoming to everything. Now he's not the only one that you've you've kind of schmoozed and rubbed elbows with. There were a few years mm-hmm. back that I remember you uh you schmoozed uh Echo Kellum from Arrow. Mm-hmm. So, so, so do you still reach out to him? Does he still do stuff with you? Mm-hmm. Is there what what does that look like? Because I, I feel like so kind of he's he's more of a rapper now. He I don't know if he's actually doing a lot any more acting. Okay. Um, he was Mr. Terrific, if anyone didn't know, on yeah. Arrow. Um, I did a sketch, and his managers asked me, asked the people that I was actually tabling with if I would do one for him. And I didn't expect them to come over. This was in Chicago. And, at at Heroes and Villains. Too, right? at, uh, Heroes and Villains. It was actually oh, um, okay. Stephen Mel's show. Gotcha. It was actually for Arrow. Now, is uh, that still a thing? Is, is Heroes mm-hmm. and Villains... No. Okay. No. And neither is Walker Stalker because they were like partners. They they did the show in conjunction. But he, you know, I, I did the sketches anyway. Like maybe he might come over. I'd say about an hour or so went by. I see like the crowd just kind of like pausing, like stopping. I'm like, that's weird. Normally it's like just flowing. You kind of get the, the idea. But I look and I see this giant tall guy walking. <laughs> I'm like, that's Echo. There's no way he's coming over here. He walks up. He goes, are you Adam? I'm like, I am. He goes, do you have something for me? I said, I do. And I showed him because I had done three pieces. And because uh, I, I was going to let him pick what's one he wanted. And uh, he goes, oh, these are amazing. He goes, can I get a picture with you? And I went, what? You just were making people pay to get pictures with you. You're asking. He wants a picture with you. It was just amazing. So I get out and, you know, I take our, you know, I let him pick which one he wants. His manager got the other one. They end up making shirts out of them. I ended up designing yeah, shirts yeah, yeah. to sell at shows. But yeah, he, he was so nice and very appreciative. I've talked to him and his manager a bunch of times since then. You know, I, like I said, he's a rapper now. He's pursuing music, I believe. Um, but still really cool experience to be able to work and have a hand in something like that. That's so, so cool. Yeah. But I'm, 
cons, I, I've gotten a chance to hang out and, and talk and work with so many different celebrities and people like in the, the comic industry that I look up to. I don't get starstruck over actors. Again, I don't watch a lot of movies or yeah. TVs. I I sit and draw all day, so it's hard for me to focus. But when it comes to artists, like that's where I lose my ever loving mind. I'm like, oh my god! Like <laughs> I had a chance to talk to um, Galapian, who inks Capullo a lot, and he was I was just starstruck because that's who I was like sort of studying when I first got started doing it. Okay. C twenty two. I got to meet Todd Knott. He acted like we were old buddies wow, from college. Wow, that's so there's cool. Like four, yeah, there's four hundred plus artists at C two E two, and I was like, I'm a nobody here. Like, I don't even know how I got here. And he was just the kindest man ever. I met George Perez at C two E two that oh, year. Oh, that's sweet. He he was so nice too. He took his time with every single person at his table. So. Not every meeting I've had was pleasant. There are a few actor, actors, actresses, and artists that I'm just like, wish I wouldn't have met you because it ruins the it tainted. The, it tainted but the it's still cool that you know I met them. But I, I just, I really appreciate you know the the positive feedback and the encouragement because again, I'm from a small town and I was always told this couldn't be a job, and here I've been doing it for eight years. You know, I, I want to take a step back real quick and talk about that because, you know, yeah. I've got some students who actually listen to this and I want them to hear this part. What, what were you doing that, cause you said you've been doing this for eight years and I, I know your story, but I want to hear kind of the, what was the transition? What, what, and, and if you, if you just kind of summarize it to the, to the basic yeah. core of what, it, what, what got you into this? Yeah. So I've been drawing since I was three years old. And I went to school for graphic design and marketing, went to college for graphic design and marketing. And I was always told that, you know, marketing and graphic design is all you can do as an artist. So that's what I did. I got a job at a factory. I worked my way up to the marketing department where I was told face to face by my boss that I don't really have a future there as a designer. I didn't have, I wasn't capable, the word she used. And to me, who has invested everything I have into doing artwork and in this company, that stung. So I was doing a comic book prowl on the side just for fun. And I happened to um, go into Jim and Dan's comics in West Ellick when they first opened and tell them, like, I kind of would like to try this. They were super helpful. Dan gave me so many good insights, and they ended up letting me set up at their first con or my first con at their show. Yeah, the Jim and, and Dan toy show. Yeah, the Jim and Jim Toy Show at Hair Arena before it got destroyed by a tornado. But um, I I learned so much just from setting up there that it gave me the confidence like other people do this as a job. I know I can. I mean, this is what I went to school for. I can illustrate and teach myself. So I started watching YouTube videos and practicing. You know, that's where I watched Todd Knox. That's where I watched Greg Capullo, Jim Lee, David Finch, all these amazing artists. Yeah. took notes of the ones that I liked and I just pursued. And then I was able to put in my two week notice, which was very hard. I was so sad to leave this company, but I knowing I didn't have a future. I, I needed to do something for myself. And I developed the amazing fan base. It's weird to say fan base, but I mean, I have people. But you that do. Read you have a fan book. base. And, you know, I treat them all as if they are my friends because you know what they're amazing people that i like genuinely like to you know talk with and engage with because they're people you know they all matter they all have lives and you know i want to be a part of that they're, they're helping me reach my goal therefore i can encourage them in some way to to you know reach theirs whatever it may be so um i now get to go into different schools and talk and tell this you know the longer version of the story but ultimately, is if you have a passion, it's not even just for artwork, but if you like working on cars, you can become a mechanic. If you have a passion for woodworking, learn how to become a carpenter, build stuff. Like the entrepreneur um, spirit is what, like, it's well, it's, you know, it's alive and it's amazing if you have the, the discipline and the, the gumption and, and know how to do it. So, yeah, I, I thoroughly love what I do, and 
diving in was the scariest thing I've ever done. Uh, I still lose some sleep here and there. Like, okay, I'm coming up on the end of a project. How do I do this? Then God provides a way. So, yeah. I mean, this, That's if really anything, cool. this has helped my faith immensely because I just know how to do artwork. He's bringing everything to me and I've, I've never had to apply for a job in eight years. It's That's, the craziest thing. I think that's one of the coolest things is being a friend of yours. Um, my mom worked with you when, when you were at that place and um, just yeah. the, the, the cool pieces of watching your story from a third party perspective and seeing how you're glorifying God. And you're like, listen, I, I, Hey, everybody, will you pray for me as I'm trying to get to C2E2? Hey, uh, we just applied for this one. Uh, I've got five different shows that we're looking at. Would you just pray for us? Um, and it's, it's yeah. really cool to see that. And then, um, because I am friends with your family, uh, to see, see your kids kind of be at shows. And, and when yeah. I, when I show up and I'm like, Hey, like I lived in Huber Heights and you guys were at a right state one year and I've just walked in yep. and, and your, your wife was like, Jordan. <laughs> and it was just really cool yeah. to, to have those pieces. And I'm like, it's so cool to see that, you know, you don't have to be well-established with a name and all that. It's just, you have to have a passion and a desire and to truly trust God into going in and saying, Hey, like, will you provide for me? Um, it may not yeah. be, not may not be how you expected it, but it's still cool to see how God has just laid this all out. Um, and that's one of the cool parts about our show is just the, the faith base that we have here. And I, yeah, I love it. Never is, that. It never is the way that I picture it, you know, and what, what's amazing is everyone knows that I have a very solid stance on my work. They know, like, I've worked on horror comic books, but they know I won't draw nudity and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, anytime I get asked, you know, do you do commissions? Yes, but with limits. And every, most of the people know that unless they're a new fan, they, they understand because let's face it, we know that there's a lot of smut out there. It gets put on the cover. I even had the opportunity um, to do very well-known, established comic book covers. It, it was going to pay very well. The stuff that they were asking me to draw on the covers, though, I was not morally comfortable with. And my wife, it was still very early in my career, and my wife was just kind of like, see, she was like sitting back like, what's he going to say? She she didn't influence me. She just wanted to see how, she like, to see how you were going to handle it. Do. So they, I was asked to do, you know, some very risque stuff. And I said, I don't really do that. And they said, well, you don't have to draw it. We can doctor it up in post-production. Therefore, you don't, it's not, I said, but it's still my name. I was going to no say one's your name's tied you to it. That. Yeah. I said, yeah, no one's going to know that I didn't do that. Therefore, I'm going to have to politely decline this amazing price tag and say no. And, you know, it, it never, it didn't kill my career. If anything, it made me a little more valuable because they know like, oh, he does have lines he, he draws in his hands. He's not doing everything for money. I'm doing this for a purpose. And yeah, that's, yeah. if I ever had to give anyone a message, it's do whatever you want to do, but for a purpose. And that purpose for me is I always can, you know, compare myself to Daniel in the lion's den. Everything that I've ever done in my life, I've been surrounded with not Christian people. You know, I go into these comic cons and there's a lot of opinions walking around, but we're all there because of one, you know, geek fandom. Yeah. And the fact that I'm able to talk to somebody, I had someone ask me to officiate their wedding. I'm not ordained, but I know he's an avid atheist, but he asked me because he knew my faith and he wanted me to do it for him. So I'm like, all right, God's working. I'm planting seeds. Yeah. I may not see them, but I'm planting them. And that's the most important thing. Yeah. So this is, that's the whole basis of my basically ministry is comics with a werewolf. You know, it's <laughs> that's awesome. God's well, going to find a way using everything. <laughs> and even one of the titles that you, uh, you worked on that I'm aware of is blue coat missionary. Um, I don't yes. know anything about the the series. I haven't haven't bought into that one because I'm now in Oklahoma, so it's a lot harder to get my copy. Yeah. But um, it's still it's still really cool to know that like, hey, there's some things that have faith based titles, mm -hmm. um, and so it's just really and really cool. They literally save lives. That one in particular, it's a nonprofit in Cleveland area, which is like an hour and a half from me now. 
and they go out and clothe the homeless. They're all military, but uh, they they wanted to do something about the spirit that they do, and they're fighting demons. And the demons are like alcoholism, PTSD stuff that we don't see, but we all battle. Or and, and it's geared more towards the veteran side of things because that's what they all were and that's are. Really cool. Um, yeah, so it, it's just that's the kind of stuff that means more to me than a quick buck, you know, because yeah. these are lasting effects that I know we're going to go into eternity, not the end of the road. Absolutely. Well, well it's interesting. It's interesting, Adam. Well, I was going to say to Adam, like, and you don't know my story, you don't know me from Adam because this is the first time we've ever had a conversation, Adam. Yeah. Um, see what I did there, Adam, Adam. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, Part of Jordan and, and, and my journey and as, us coming together and, and during and doing Nerd Talk was that uh, in 2020, I, I lost my job. I work in higher education and work in ministry. And I got laid off in 2020 before the pandemic happened. And so I went in to um, a season of like, okay, for the first time in my life, I don't have a big boy job, right? I don't have an adult job. And so um, a, a larger multi-site campus church in Cincinnati got a hold of me and was like, hey, we want you to come do our video editing and, and be our production guy. And um, I did it and just didn't feel like I was a good fit. And then my wife was like, if you feel like this isn't where you're supposed to be, then this isn't where you're supposed to be. And I felt like God was in that moment calling me to go do um, consulting and coaching and leading churches through some of those things that they didn't have going into the pandemic. And so um, I, I'm right there with you, man. I, I lost my job. I didn't have steady income. And for the next year, year and a half, before I was able to you know, land a job back in higher education again, um, I was working every week, paycheck to paycheck. I led, you know, led worship for you know, uh, a weekend at this church, and I led worship for a weekend at that church, and I consulted with this church, and I did a tech install. And like literally every week God provided and showed up and gave me a paycheck mm -hmm. every single week in the mail. It might have been 50 bucks. It made a, you know, might've been $2,000, but literally I never did without. Right. Yeah. Yep. And so I, I think about that passage in first Kings, you know, when Elijah goes to the widow and she's doing with, you know, they're going through the famine, Israel's, you know, literally got nothing left. And he's like, make me a meal. And he's like, you're out of your mind. I got enough food for me and my kid. We're going to eat it. Then we're going to die. And then the story, you know, the passage ends that they never ran out. And so like, I've had to live my life by that faith. And, you know, to encourage, you know, Jordan students is, you know, you would just I, pursue your dreams and realize that there's opportunities out there. And, you know, even in higher ed, we, we encourage folks, you know, higher ed may not be for everybody, you know, trades are immensely important. People that are plumbers and people that are welders and people that are, you know, working on the work and stuff, they're making six figures. And here I am with He's advanced degrees and don't have nothing. <laughs> I don't make. Near, near that money not that it's about the money for me but it's like yeah so anyway just to piggyback off what you said jordan go ahead sorry no it's it's amazing yeah god mm. has provided like so my wife just got this job at, at chick-fil-a um and that's what paved the way for us to leave my hometown and get up here where there's more for our family and our boys are now thriving mm -hmm. my wife is a, an avid gardener she grows like we have a decent size garden where there's, there's vegetables and you know lettuce and all sorts i can't name everything like herbs and everything it's amazing but she was like we were not planted in the right area we were there and our roots were deep but they there was nothing you know nourishing us so it sucked to be pruned and cut away but now that we're replanted here we're starting to sort of bloom and it's, it's amazing so we yeah like and i'm just like yeah thrive. we literally are thriving and my my business took a big hit being shut down for six seven months where all my stuff was packed away but i was actually able to recharge because i'm a bit of a workaholic and i think god like forced he held our pods for two weeks to teach me a lesson to take some downtime and recharge and and refocus and now i actually will take a day or two off a week just to rest my brain because it's easy to overthink when this is all i do and you know he still provides to this day i had a you know a call the other day hey do you it was like one o'clock in the morning when i checked the message he goes hey 
you're going to have availability for a cover in May. Yep. Okay. Thank you. And that's all it is. And then I just wait. I wait for the, the description to come through. And I mean, I, every day it just seems like something new is coming. So then the devil gets in there and tries to uh, throw me a curveball. And I'm like, nope, you're not going to get me today. I'm going to turn this one down because it's not going to be glorifying in the end. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, I, I love hearing people's stories. I love the fact that Adam, for, for me, I've known you for a long time. Um, and to, to know your story and to be able to, um, have a platform where you can share part of your story and share part of your art. And we're going to, we're going to make sure that it's on our Facebook page when this episode drops. So that way it's links to you and that way people can see what you're doing. And, um, if you are listening to this episode, we definitely encourage you to go check out Adam's uh, artwork. This is the art of Adam Fields. Um, it is some stellar work. Adam does fantastic work. We love working with Adam. Um, and Adam, you and I were even talking a little bit um, about an idea that I'm working with him. Um, everybody here knows that I'm a huge Lego guy. Um, and I am working on a idea with him, and we're going to kind of map it out over however long it needs to take to figure it all out. And when I go and buy all the parts pieces... Um, I'm looking to build a comic con out of Lego and I'm going to put together a art of Adam field Lego set out of it. Um, so there's a Lego booth with his stuff. And so, uh, we love working with you, Adam. You're an awesome, awesome addition, um, to nerd talk. We are so thankful that you were able to be a part of this episode. Um, we're going to go, go ahead and close on out. We are at the time mark. Um, but thank you so much. We would love to have you back anytime that you want to join us. Uh, come join us and talk some Marvel, some Star Wars. I know we've got stuff in the pipeline to, to kind of start talking that, but know that you are always welcome. Um, so with that, uh, all of you guys out there, check us out on Facebook and uh, our Instagram. Make sure that you're seeing what our new episodes each week look like. And uh, go check out some of our stuff that's on our TikTok page. And we will catch you next time here on Nerd Talk.